You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Nehemiah chapter 1, in verse number 1, the Bible says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, Hanani, however you'd like to pronounce that, one of my brethren came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped and which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. Verse number three, and they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. Lord, I pray that you would take this message tonight, and may you bless it. God, I pray that we would leave full uh, tonight, Lord, and, and ready to face the week with what you've given us already, uh, a good message and a good service this morning. God, I pray that you'd meet with us once again tonight, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated there. We have Nehemiah is introduced, and Nehemiah asks the question, how are the Jews doing that have escaped the captivity? How is Jerusalem? Why was Jerusalem so important to Nehemiah? Well, uh, Jerusalem to Nehemiah was like, for us, Roanoke Rapids. Jerusalem to Nehemiah was, man, that's... That's, that's my beloved city. That's, that's my hometown. I, I, I want to know how Jerusalem is doing. In this time of Israel's history, we have um, the, the children of Israel now are in captivity. Uh, they have forsaken God, and, and they have gone their own way, and they've served the gods of the lands. And now they're in a spot where God has allowed them to be taken captive and carried away into the distant land of Babylon, the kingdom of Persia. And so we have uh, uh, Nehemiah, he's here, and actually Nehemiah, uh, he's there, and, and he's uh, a right-hand man to the king, as uh, I can't find the verse right now, so we won't take time to read it, but he was there, he, he was uh, the king's cupbearer, and he was making sure that everything that came across to the king as far as food and, and drink, that it wouldn't be poisoned, right? So that's Nehemiah's job there, and he's, he's sitting there and standing there, and when he heard about the news of his hometown, how the people are in reproach, they're facing persecution, the people that are left there, uh, just a small remnant, how the walls of the city of Jerusalem were broken down, the gates are burned with fire. Nehemiah heard the report, and his reaction was he wept. And not only did he weep, but after that, he fasted. And after he fasted, he prayed. And I think for us, that's a good reminder to us. If, if we were to receive news, we were maybe off on a trip, and uh, uh, we just came back from California, and I'm, I'm thankful to go to California and see family, but I'm thankful to be back in the promised land of North Carolina, and uh, it's, it's good to be home. Uh, but if I were away, God forbid, I were to receive news that something major happened in Roanoke Rapids, and it's no longer on the map, man, that would, that would crush me, and I hope it'd crush you. To think of a, your hometown just completely destroyed, taken over, and the people that are left are just in, 
in reproach, suffering torments. And that affected greatly Nehemiah. This wall was broken down, and a lot of times we look at walls. Obviously, what's the purpose of a wall? A wall serves as protection. It serves as defense, right? And, and we don't have uh, many walled cities anymore um, because the, the, the method of um, warfare has changed drastically. A wall is not going to do much against an airplane or a helicopter or missiles or different things like that. Um, but it, it was pretty effective against bows and arrows and against uh, swords and horses, okay? And so we have this walled city of Jerusalem and many walled cities in that day. That was a mean, uh, means of protection. That's how they had their defense. And to hear that his hometown was now defenseless, it was taken over, it was taken captive, and, and he's hearing about it in a far land, it crushed him. I believe that although Roanoke Rapids is not uh, suffering uh, persecution per se, and, and uh, we don't have literal walls that have fallen down, I I think we could safely say that the condition spiritually of Roanoke Rapids is not where it should be. I'm thankful for a church and, and a beacon of light of Victory Baptist Church that we have in this community to reach the people of Roanoke Rapids. But I, I dare say tonight that uh, th th there's a wall that's missing of morality in Roanoke Rapids. These walls are broken down, the wall of truth, the wall of character, uh, the wall of decency, the wall of the family, the family unit. Uh, people are hurting and people are being led astray left and right. And that's not just in Roanoke Rapids, but that's, that's worldwide. And it ought to break our hearts and it ought to burden us to want to do something about it. Nehemiah heard Jerusalem is broken down, is burned up, and he wanted to do something about it. So he goes and he, he obviously was sad and he goes, uh, does his job uh, next to the king there. And the king noticed because never before was he sad. But yet the king noticed that Nehemiah that day was, he wasn't normal. It seemed sad. He said, Nehemiah, is something wrong? Can, can I help you with anything? And there Nehemiah prayed again and, and asked God for the words. And then he said, well, uh, my, my hometown, Jerusalem, it's, it's in heaps. It's, it's in ruins. And it, it's just, it's really weighing heavy on my heart. And the king said, well, what's your request? Isn't that amazing? What an opportunity that uh, all Nehemiah did was share uh, to the king who could either keep him alive or kill him. And uh, he, he was captive in, in his land there. And, and the king said, well, what's your request, Nehemiah? What, what can I do for you to help you in this situation? And Nehemiah said, well, sir, if it's all right, can I go? Can I go to Jerusalem? And, and could you write letters of permission for me so that when I go, I'm not, I won't face any, any hard times getting through into uh, Jerusalem, and, and sir, I, I'd like to rebuild the walls. I, I'd like to see the condition and, and uh, try to see what I can do to fix this problem. And uh, the king said, go, and, and he sent the letters with him. Now we find that he takes his trip, and would you turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2, and uh, verse number 9 there. The Bible says, Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now, the king had sent captains of the army and horses with me. He even sent an army with him. That's great. Verse 10, When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant and uh, the Ammonite heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Skip down to verse 13. And I went out by night. By the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, into the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Verse 17, Then said I unto them, 
Ye see the distress that we are in. He's talking to the people now that are the remnant in Jerusalem. How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. That's key for tonight. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Nehemiah comes to the people there. He sees firsthand what is going on. And uh, 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 he goes to the people and says, hey, we, do we want to be a reproach to the other nations, to the people around us? Man, this is, we're representing the Lord. We're representing God. Do we want to stay in this state? Are we content with where we're at? Let's rise up and, and let's build up this city once again. And the people heard him and they heard about the good hand of God upon him. I, I love that. We'll get to that part a little bit later. And uh, they said, hey, let's rise up and build. We find that term, rise up, uh, many times in the Bible, and it's a call to action, to rise up. In Exodus, God tells Moses to rise up before Pharaoh. In Psalms, David prays for deliverance from the wicked that rise up against him. In Joshua, God instructed Israel to rise up from the ambush to seize the city of Ai. In John, Jesus said to the impotent man, the man that could not walk, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. Aren't you glad when Jesus says rise up? What a, a wonderful time that would have been uh, to be there. And then in Acts, Peter says to the lame man in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. But tonight I'd like to focus on that phrase, rise up, in this passage of scripture of Nehemiah. Now I have with me tonight um, some boxes and uh, I'm, it's just part of my cleaning out my office because they tend to accumulate in my office, so here we go. Uh, hopefully I'll throw them away after tonight. But uh, I have these boxes here, and these boxes are going to represent the rubble that is left in Jerusalem. So let me just uh, set up my illustration, if we will, and, and uh, I promise this will, this will hopefully help us a little bit tonight. So we have the walls of Jerusalem, folks. The walls of Jerusalem are right here, and uh, Amazon is uh, coming through for the walls of Jerusalem tonight. And uh, we have this building project. Now, Nehemiah, when he saw that the, there was a need, obviously this is in no certain order, and obviously this would not make a good wall whatsoever. It's broken down, it's not put together, and uh, it wouldn't make a good wall regardless. They're cardboard boxes. But use your imaginations tonight, if, if you will, and help me with that. But Nehemiah sees that the walls are, are broken down. And I believe that as he goes to the people and he tells the people, hey, let's, let's rise up and let's build the walls again. Let's not be a reproach among the people. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what God can do uh, through us as we try to work together and build up. And then the people echoed the, the response, yes, Nehemiah, let's, let's rise up and let's build. I believe tonight there's four requirements, and we won't be long tonight at 638, and I'll keep my eye on the clock. But we have four requirements that I believe that we need to uh, have evident, required, in order to rise up and build. 
For us, it's not the walls of Jerusalem, but for us tonight, it's the walls of Roanoke Rapids. For us tonight, it's the walls and, and the, the areas of ministry that we could build up within our church. I'm thankful tonight that we have this theme, Upon This Rock, uh, I Will Build My Church. Hey, this, this church is built on Christ, and God is going to build His church, but guess who He uses? He uses us. And so tonight, I'd like to challenge you in several different areas and whatever application you'd like to use, but I believe there's some walls that need to be built. I believe there's some things that we ought to be actively building in the Christian life, and we've got to have these requirements in order for us to rise up and to build. So number one, tonight, I see very evident in verse 17, Nehemiah comes to them, and he says, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the, uh, the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words uh, that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Number one, I believe a requirement to rise up and build tonight and build something for God is to have a drive. To have drive. Number one, drive. Or another D word would be desire. It's very evident tonight in verses 17 and 18 that Nehemiah, he had drive. If he didn't have drive, he wouldn't have even mentioned it to the king. If he didn't have drive to want to do something about the situation that he heard about in Jerusalem, he wouldn't have even uh, gone to Jerusalem and spent three days there surveying the damage and then going to the remnant there and encouraging them to build. He had drive. He had a passion. He, he had that, that desire to want to see the walls rebuilt again. He wanted to build. He wanted to rise up and build, and he wanted the people to do it as well. He had drive. Now, I've, uh, I, I go home sometimes, uh, a lot of times, every day, actually, and uh, I, I go home after work, and uh, sometimes, and this is not my wife's fault at all, but uh, any of you that have kids would understand that sometimes there's toys left out, and uh, it, sometimes it, get, it can get pretty... Pretty messy, right? And uh, so uh, we play with the kids uh, in the evening time, and, and uh, toys are just everywhere sometimes. And uh, th there's two options when we're presented with a messy house, and I'm sure you face this as well. There's the option to, all right, let's pick up, and before I sit down and before I relax, let's pick up everything so we can have a nice, calm evening in a clean house. And that that is my wife, 100%. She does not want to sit down until everything is clean and put away. There's the other end of the, the coin there, and uh, th that other choice would be, all right, there's toys all over this couch. Amen. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do, right? I just, Honey, it's okay. Toys can be out. You know what? Let's just, let's just relax. Let's not worry about it, right? And there's two options there. Now, my wife is the one that has the drive there, and she wants to clean up, and, and uh, I say, all right, yes, ma'am, and I start helping her. And uh, so we, we have to have that, that certain drive in different areas of our life, but yet when it comes to building something for God, when it comes to building a ministry for God, when it comes to building uh, Sunday school teachers and helpers, when it comes to building a Sunday school class for God, when it comes to building a bus route for God, when it comes to singing in a choir for God, when it comes to working in the nursery for God, when it comes to ushering and sound and video men, and, and whatever it is, you've got to have drive. If you don't have drive, then nothing's going to get done because if you don't have a desire and a passion to do it, nobody's going to do it. You're going to be like me and pushing things aside and just sitting down in the mess. 
But yet we've got to have drive. And Nehemiah, he had drive to rebuild this, uh, these walls, the city of Jerusalem. So step number one in this building project, I see the burden for the project. I see the drive for the, 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 the project. And I see that Nehemiah, he got excited about it. Man, he wanted to get it done. If he didn't, he wouldn't have gone and done, done all the things he did. So he sees the rubble and he sees this mess and he says, hey, man, we, we got to do something about this. I mean, we, we've got to fix it. I mean, don't, don't, we don't want to be a reproach. We want to be a good testimony for God. We want to be able to present God with something that we've built for him and that God's allowed uh, to, to work through us to build together. And so I have desire, and that's, that's step number one. If, if you're going to do any kind of project, if you're going to build anything for the Lord, you've got to have drive. You've got to have it. Nehemiah had it. We're in the Sunday school series with our teenagers uh, called Let's Go uh, Get to Work. Let's Get to Work. And uh, we've been in it for several weeks. And I'll just read to you the outlines of the lessons because I think they're all good. But number one, God created man to work. Amen. Number two, working without whining. Working for your family. Working to store up for a time of need. Working for the glory of God. Working with a purpose working through trials, working to leave an inheritance, working brings fulfillment, working with balance. We just finished last week, and we were in it for several weeks, but the topic of working when you don't feel like working, that talks about a lack of desire, right? And sometimes we get that to where it's like, man, I'm exhausted. I, I don't feel like working. I don't feel like accomplishing anything today. But yet those points in that lesson was we understand that you will not always feel like working, but we've got to press on and do it. Number two, learn to live by principle and not emotion. A lot of time why people quit and people don't feel like doing something is simply because they're acting on emotion and not Bible principle. And then number three is meditate on the long term and do not dwell on the immediate. Sometimes those circumstances that are surrounding you may be discouraging. You say, you know what, I just, I, I don't feel like even, I don't know where to begin. But yet, uh, when, when we put God first and we focus on the long term, uh, God gives us a vision to carry it through and then work and the strength to do it. So we're going through and we're about to finish that with the teens. But uh, how fitting is that? Man, did, uh, Nehemiah had a desire to work. I'm sure there are days that he didn't feel like getting up and building the wall, but yet he did it uh, anyway. And uh, he pressed on because he had the passion to do it. Number two, requirement to rise up and build. We had number one, which was? Drive. Number two, we have direction. Direction. Look at verse number 18 one more time. The Bible says, Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken with me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. And then catch this here. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. And may I say that was a good work. And they strengthened their hands. You know what that is? They came up with a plan. They prepared they strengthened their hands. They mentally prepared. They got the materials together to, to be able to repair the wall. And they, they got a game plan. That's called direction. And if we're ever going to rise up and build um, any, any ministry for God and, and build a, a Sunday school like I had mentioned and, or build something in your personal life and, and build a family around an altar of God and, and make sure that, uh, that whatever we do in our life that we're building it for Christ, we've got to rise up and build with direction. 
Not only desire, desire is good, but desire is not enough to accomplish anything. We've got to have preparation. We've got to have direction. Now here, I, I've got these boxes here, and we'll use that as, as material. I'm, I'm sure that they had uh, reused some of the materials there in, in Jerusalem, and I don't have extra lumber because it's a little too expensive at Lowe's at the moment. Um, but uh, I also have some tools here, all right? So um, I've got my drill, and it's actually the church's drill, but I've got a drill here, all right? That's a, that's a good tool to use. I've got, uh, I've got some screws. Those are, those are good to use for, uh, for preparing to build something. And I've got a hammer. I don't have any nails, but hey, this might come in handy somewhere along the line. And I got that hammer there. I've got a level and uh, I've got a pencil. Now, these are all good tools. And, and uh, quite honestly, with, with any home projects, those are, those are some key items to use, right? But you may be wondering, uh, Brother Nathan, you must not repair things often enough to, to notice the, the number one tool. This tool is universal. This tool can be used for anything. As a matter of fact, it, it could probably rebuild this wall right here. You know what that, that tool is? Duct tape. Yes. So I got the duct tape here. And uh, duct tape, can I get a witness here? Is duct tape, I mean, it's just the universal patch-all. Uh, you, you've got a leak, you've got an issue, you've got a problem. Hey, duct tape can hold it together, amen? And so I've got duct tape to repair the wall. And so we've got a plan, okay? I've got the materials, I've, I've, got, I've got my tools now, and, and I, I'm getting a plan, I'm getting ready. This is my direction. This is, this is what I'm going to do. Could I say it's, it's good to be passionate about a need? It's good to raise awareness about a need, but that drive and desire should lead to a plan to meet that need. It'd be unfruitful to get excited about the bus ministry, but never get on a bus. It'd be unfruitful to get excited about going out soul winning, but never actually go out soul winning. It'd be unfruitful to get excited about going to church every time the doors are open, but never actually going to church. It'd be unfruitful to get excited to read your Bible and never actually read your Bible. It'd be unfruitful to to want to get excited about praying, but yet never taking time to pray. So what are we going to do? And how are you going to get there? And how are you going to accomplish this for God? This next step is where passion meets preparation. We've got to make sure that not only we have the desire, because desire is good and that's where it starts, but yet we also need to have direction. We were traveling uh, through the airport and, and uh, we had all three of our kids with us, and that was the first time that we had Michael, Emma, and little Olivia, three months old, uh, flying on the plane with us. And praise God, everything went smooth on the way out there to California and on the way back. And uh, when we were in the airport, you know, Michael just gets excited, and, and he wants to carry, carry the suitcase, and uh, he, he wants to help, and he wants to, he wants to lead. And so he'll get so excited, man. We're, we're trying to head to the security checkpoint to uh, get on the plane to go home. And uh, he's just so excited. He, he pulls out in front of me. And uh, he's ready to go. And the only problem, let me say, Michael was excited. Michael had, had the suitcase. He was, he, was, he was doing pretty good. And Michael wanted to lead. But the problem was, well, first of all, he can't read. So the direction signs were of no use to him. And he had nowhere... Uh, no idea where he was going. So you know what he was doing? He, was, he had a suitcase. He was in front of us with, with, with our stuff. And, and, uh, and he would always he'd be in front of me, but he'd be looking behind to see, see where I'm going and make sure that, that uh, he was going in the right spot. And uh, so, you know, he'd, he'd kind of trip up. And, and uh, it was just, it was funny. Um, but yet he was 
delaying the process, right? And uh, Michael, man, he was excited to be out in front, and he wanted to be first, but yet he had no idea where he was going. And for some of us, man, we, we, we get into the situation where we hear about a need, we hear about, and we get a burden for something that the Lord put on our heart, and we get excited about it, and all right, let's do it, and that's where it stops, you know, that, that's, that's where, it, where it ends, because we fail to prepare and, and to have that certain direction, all right, Lord, what do I need to prepare for this, and, and what do I need, what, what are the tools necessary for building this for you? And uh, so, uh, we also have this example in Second Samuel chapter 18, Ahimeaz, um, he, uh, he was with Cushai, and, and both of them were there during the battle when Absalom, David's son, was killed in battle. And uh, David won the battle, his army won the battle, but yet David wasn't at the battle. And so we have these, these two men, Cushai uh, and then um, Ahimeaz. And Ahimeaz and Cushai, they, they both wanted to go and tell the king that Absalom was dead and, and, and that the battle was over and that they got the victory. But yet, uh, Joab, the captain, he tells Cushai, okay, go and, and tell David what happened. Tell, tell him that, uh, that we won the battle and that his son, um, his son is dead, uh, Absalom, who rebelled against David. And Ahimeaz, he said, well, can I run too? I, I, I just want to go. You know, I, I want to run, and, and I want to get there too. And Joab said, well, you don't have anything to say to King David. Uh, there's no point of, uh, for you to go. And Ahimeaz said, just, just let me run. I, I want to run. I want to go. I want to go. And so Joab said, all right, go. And he takes off. Ahimeaz, and actually he was, he was a pretty good runner, the Bible says, and, and he outran Cushai. And so he gets there uh, to, to David, and, and David said, all right, uh, I, I know you're a good man, and you have good tidings with you, so go ahead and, and tell me uh, what, what you have to say. And he said, well, um, Things went great, and there was something that happened there, and there, there was a group of people in commotion. I didn't really quite see what happened. All right, uh, go ahead and step aside, please. And, uh, and then Cushai comes in later, and he has the tidings ready to go. But uh, we, we have an example here of Ahimeaz. He didn't, he didn't have any direction. He didn't have the message ready, but yet he was just, man, I want to run. I want to go. I want to go. He had the drive, but he was missing the direction. 2 Timothy says in uh, chapter 2 and verse 15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I've often heard and, and uh, felt myself um, the, the burden and the need to go out soul winning and to share the gospel with people. But the problem that I was facing was, I, I, I don't know how. You know, if I got to talk to somebody about it, I, I just... I'd, I don't know if I know the verses, the proper verses to share with someone so they can know for sure that heaven's their home. And that's where it comes in. Well, if you want to go out soul winning and if you want to be a witness for God, which God's commanded all of us to do it, we've got to take the time to study and to show ourselves a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, and take the time to, to read through uh, verses that you can share with someone how they can know for sure heaven's their home. Uh, Luke 14 Verse 27, Jesus is sharing a parable and, and talking with, uh, with um, his disciples there. He said, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it? Lest haply after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that, behold, it began to uh, mock him, and saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. And so Jesus teaching us a lesson here, Hey, 
sit down, count the cost, prepare, get direction, and then go and build. King David did that as well. He prepared the building materials for the temple. God said, David, I'm not going to have you as the one to build the temple, but your son's going to build the temple. Does that mean that David just sat on his hands and said, well, I guess I can't do anything? No, he, he went and he, he gathered all the materials. He made sure that Solomon had what he needed to build the temple. So we have building project right here. We have the rubble and uh, the, the need is there. I see it with my eyes. My eyes affect my heart just like it did for, for Nehemiah. And I, I want to build, I, I, I want to fix this. I want to set the walls back up again. And I have the desire and now I have the direction because I have my tools in my handy-dandy roll of duct tape, and I know that I can do the job now because I've adequately prepared uh, for the rebuilding of the wall. I have the materials. I have the direction. I have the game plan. I've strengthened my hands just like the people did in Nehemiah's day. But now, what's next? Number three, we find a phrase. It's repeated uh, we have it in verse 8 and in verse 18. Would you look at, uh, at verse 8 with me, please? The Bible says, And uh, a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house, for the wall of the city, for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me, and here it is, the phrase, according to the good hand of God, of my God upon me. We find it also repeated in verse 18, then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. I, I believe number three, number three requirement for us to rise up and build as a church and accomplish much for God, to be able to be a lighthouse and to build something and, and, and rebuild the walls again of Roanoke Rapids. We have to have desire. We have to have direction, the game plan. We've got to know what we're going to do. But number three, we have to have dependence. Dependence. Nehemiah acknowledged, he knew that every opportunity and every door that was open for him was not by chance. It was not by him opening the doors for himself, but yet he realized that it was God's good hand upon him. He realized that any opportunity that he had and what God was allowing him to prosper in and, and get set up to rebuild these walls of Jerusalem, it was because God did it for him. He knew that with God, without God, nothing was possible. He knew that with God, all things were possible. And he knew that, that he had to depend upon God for everything. The sooner we understand that we need God's help to accomplish anything for God, the more we can accomplish for God. I love that phrase, the good hand of my God upon me. Nehemiah knew it was all because of God and he fully depended on him. Nehemiah wasn't rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem for his own glory. Since the time that Nehemiah had heard about the condition of Jerusalem, he talked with God about it. He said, God, I, I see it. I hear about it. God, I'm moved to do something about it. Would you allow me, God? Would you allow me and, and give me the, the means to be able to go and to rebuild the walls? I'm thankful for our theme, like, like I had mentioned Upon this rock, I will build my church. And may we understand that God is the one who prospers. God is the one who blesses. God is the one who builds the church, and he builds it upon himself. So could I ask you tonight, what are you building for God? Individually, what are you building for God, and where are you building it? Is it a Sunday school class, a bus route, 
Is it in the Christian school, the radio station, our choir, greeters, ushers, musicians, sound and video men, nursery workers, uh, junior church, master clubs, and if I left off a ministry, forgive me, but we have so much that we can be a part of and build here at Victory Baptist Church. What are we going to do about it? I know if I were to do anything in my own understanding, in my own strength, whatever it is, it's going to fail. If I tried to build something for God and say, God, this is for you, but I try to do it in my own strength, fail. If I try to put together a stool that my wife ordered and I try to use it in my own understanding without using the instructions, you know what happens? Fail. Everything's backwards. It's not going together like it should. I should have looked at the instructions. I think uh, not just me, uh, not just I have that problem. But uh, we, we fail to do it if we don't depend on what God has given to us. If we don't look at the instruction book of life, I guarantee you uh, that, uh, that it's not going to succeed. We've got to build everything upon God, upon Christ, on, on the solid rock I stand. And so we've got to make sure that our dependence is fully on God. And my last point is this. We'll be done. Look at verse 19 with me. Bible says, but when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion nor right nor memorial in Jerusalem. Number four requirement is discipline. Another D word would uh, closely related to that would be dedication, discipline. Why is discipline needed here? Because we find that the enemy was ready to discourage and the enemy was ready to attack. And isn't that true? If we, if we strive to accomplish anything for God, rest assured the enemy is going to try to do anything to try to mess it up. That's exactly how it works. God wants to use us to build something for him and the devil is going to be watching. And the devil is going to be waiting. And the devil is going to be trying to do anything to throw a stumbling block in our path. 2 Timothy 2.3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We are going to endure hardness because the enemy is going to be hard at work. The enemy is quick and was quick here. Sanballat, Tobiah, uh, they were quick to discourage the work. These men did their best to stop the work from continuing. But Nehemiah, what did he do? He kept his focus on God. He said, you guys aren't going to have any part of this. You guys aren't going to get in our way because what we do is for the Lord. I love this. Look at this with me. Sanballat. I looked up his name. You know what his, his name means? It means strong. We have Tobiah. You know what Tobiah's name means? It means God's goodness. Geshem, the Arabian that was there, that third man that, that mocked and scorned the work that was getting started, his name means rain. And I could just think here and, and uh, use my imagination thinking, man, it, when, when Nehemiah was confronted by Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, he was thinking, yeah, Sanballat, you're strong, but God's stronger. He was thinking, you know what, Tobiah, you may be mocking and scorning God, and you may not like to admit it, but every time, just by the mention of your name, I know that God's goodness is going to get me through this. 
And I know that uh, rain here, a, a symbol of blessing. I, I know that, Geshem, you're trying to discourage the work as well. But your name is just reminding me of the blessings of God for continuing to obey him. And Nehemiah, he wasn't discouraged. He just kept on fighting. Nehemiah wasn't discouraged. He just kept on keeping on. And that's what we should do as God's people. Hey, if we're going to build anything for God, there will be opposition. There will be the enemy trying to discourage us and try to stop the work. But yet when we realize and we remember that God is the one who we're fighting for and he's fighting for us and there is no way that it can fail, God is the one who's going to allow us to prosper. We must depend on him, but we also must have discipline and remember that the enemy is hard at work. Verse number 10, it says, It grieved them, Sambalat, Tobiah, exceedingly, that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Throughout the building and repair of the walls, they faced opposition. In verse uh, 17 of chapter 4, uh, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says that literally, they which builded on the wall. So these workers that got together and they were rebuilding the wall, they, bear, uh, they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side and so builded and he that sounded the trumpet was by me. You know what they did? They were ready. Man, they were disciplined. How disciplined were they? they? They were ready to work with one hand. They had that hammer. They were ready to nail in those nails and rebuild the wall with one hand. And in the other hand, they had a sword. And they were ready to fight off the enemy with the other hand. They were prepared. They were ready. They were disciplined because they knew that they, no matter what, were going to succeed and accomplish in building this wall for God. In order for us to build anything for God and His glory, we must have drive, we must have direction, we must have dependence, and we must have discipline. God told Noah to rise up and build the ark. He had some opposition. God told Abraham to rise up and go to a country that he knew not. God told Moses to rise up and set God's people free. God told Daniel to rise up and separate himself from the portion of the king's meat. God told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to rise up and refuse to worship Nebuchadnezzar's statue. God told Samuel to rise up and anoint David to be king of Israel. God told David to rise up and to fight Goliath. God told Elijah to rise up and confront King Ahab and his wicked wife, Jezebel. God told Ezra to rise up and rebuild the temple. God told Nehemiah to rise up and rebuild the wall. God told Isaiah to rise up and be a prophet to backsliding Israel. Jesus told Matthew to rise up and to follow him. Jesus told the impotent man to rise up and walk. Jesus told his disciple to rise up and to preach the gospel to every creature. And you know what? Jesus is telling us tonight to do the very same thing. And my, my challenge to you is this. Are we going to rise up? That's the title of the message tonight. Rise up. Are we going to rise up and build? Are we actively building something for God? We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And so my question to us tonight is are we fulfilling our purpose as a member of Christ's body? Is God building his church through you? What are you helping to build? Are you doing your part? Has God been speaking to you about an area of service? Is it a Sunday school class? Is it a bus ministry? Is it in the choir? I'd love to have some more choir members. We have some more choir members, and it's been great. I'd like to have some more. Is it nursery? Is it in the sound booth? Is it soul winning? Could I ask you for... For us and our families, are you building a wall for the ministry? Are you building a wall for your family? Are you building a wall for the next generation? 
Are you building a wall for Roanoke Rapids? Are you building a wall for eternity? We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. But yet it's, it's a work that can be accomplished if we let God do it through us. That's where the dependence comes in. And so if you've build, been building for years, could I encourage you, don't stop. If you've just started building, could I encourage you to keep on going? And if you're here tonight and you haven't started building, could I encourage you to get started today? Today's the day to start. Church family, let me encourage you and we'll close. Let us rise up and build and let's build something for Christ. I'm thankful for what God has already built through you and using you to, to be able to build a Christian school using you for the radio ministry and the various ministries that God has just recently blessed us with. I'm thankful. We have the best church. I believe God has blessed us. And I don't want it to stop here. I want to be a part of this thing for a lifetime and see how God is going to use Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids. Let's just keep on keeping on. Church family, let's rise up and let's build something for God. And let's keep on keeping on, not get discouraged by uh, by the devil, by the enemy. We've got to have desire. We've got to have direction. We've got to have dependence on God. And we have uh, to have discipline, knowing that we are going to face some hardships. But let's, let's keep it through, and let's let uh, God uh, win the victory for us. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.